Now, is this technology here now? Yes, in its early form. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. You would think that at this point you would uh, kind of break into tears and sob and, uh, and shake and tremble, but I, I didn't do that. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. That's Adam Shepard, Bob Robertson, and President Kennedy. Adam Shepard talks about the future, Bob Robertson about the past, and President Kennedy in making the case for going to the moon. Welcome to this edition to Voices of Experience. My name is Paul Casey, your host and producer. Adam Shepard is the co-founder and CEO of Eight Nights, a virtual and augmented reality firm. He'll explain to you what that really means in just a few moments. And uh, what does Eight Nights mean? If you look at a glacier, you're only seeing one ninth of it. Eight ninths of it is under the surface. And I think that applies pretty well to the firm that he is heading. Bob Robertson would be recognized this Saturday at the WSU Arizona game in Pullman as being an icon in broadcasting, which he really is. He started as the Cougar broadcaster in 1972, and he just stepped away from the mic earlier this season. He has announced hundreds of games, and if you're a Cougar fan, Bob Robertson and Cougar football go hand in hand. I had an interview with Bob Robertson 20 years ago. And this was in between the time that they cinched the Pac-10 championship at the time. And uh, that was 1997. And then going to the Rose Bowl on January 1st, 1998, when they played number one Michigan. They did lose, but it was a very good game. And uh, I will replay that interview that took place again between wrapping up going to the Rose Bowl, winning the Pac-10 championship, and then going on to the Rose Bowl. I often use clips from HBO's Real Time with Bill Maher. Real Time with Bill Maher airs on HBO's Friday nights. I think Bill Maher really has a great ability to step back and look at what is really going on on a weekly basis in this country. I mean, there are so many lies that come out of Donald Trump every day. It's really hard to keep track of what's important. And I think this week I read something where the media is really taking an examination of that, like CNN and other media outlets, about... Maybe we're giving this guy too much coverage, but I digress. Bill Maher at the end of the week, I think, really points out to what's important. And today is no exception. He has a segment called New Rules, and I have an edited version of that today. I will play that for you. But he makes the case that there is a slow-moving coup underway in this country. And I think he has some words of wisdom that we should listen to. Now, let's jump to a point of inspiration. And that is going to the moon. And that's why I played the clip at the beginning from President Kennedy. There is a movie out now called First Man. And it stars Ryan Gosling. And he plays Neil Armstrong, the first man to land on the moon. I talk about a little bit later about what I think was incredible about that feat. And of course it was. 
And I, who lived through it, I don't think I was impressed as I should have been, quite frankly. And this movie really brought that back. What an incredible feat that was. And uh, I highly suggest you see the movie if you don't have time to listen to this whole show today. Go out and see it. It is wonderfully, wonderfully put together. Back with my interview with Adam Shepard coming up in just a moment. You're listening to Voices of Experience with Paul Casey. Visit VoicesOfExperience.com and take a five-minute self-employment quiz. That's VoicesOfExperience.com. The higher you score on the quiz, the higher your prospects for success. One more time, visit VoicesOfExperience.com. All one word. Adam Shepard, co-founder and CEO of Eight Ninths, a firm dedicated to making deep dives and research into the world of virtual reality, is back with us. We pick up in part two of my interview with Adam. We were talking about IKEA and some very exciting and practical applications that IKEA is now in the midst of exploring and implementing. The future is approaching very quickly as to how we go about selecting furniture. And IKEA actually were early adopters of doing some experimentation in this space. They had a a great little application where you could just put a catalog, an IKEA catalog on the floor and pick a piece of furniture that would be displayed there. And by looking at at it through the camera phone, much like I described earlier, you'd be able to see a a single piece of furniture and, and make sure it fit into that space. Um, as these these become more common uh, commonplace, and as the prices drop down for head-mounted displays, um, you're going to see this be the predominant way that that people would reconfigure their physical space. Now, is this technology here now? Yes, in its early form, we developed the Hololens. Uh, we were one of seven companies that were selected globally by Microsoft to train in secret on Hololens before. It was more generally available, and it's still in its, its development reach currently. Um, but these are, you know, three thousand dollar computers you wear on your head um, that uh, have the full capability of, say, a laptop or a, a Windows uh, machine, and allow us to um, interact and place three D objects in uh, on any surface in any environment. Just for one moment, and we're talking about fake news and and all that goes around that. Now right. we talk about having virtual reality in a video or something like that, yeah. that people could use this for not the most positive reasons like we've seen so far. Do you have concerns sure. along those lines? I think with every technology, there's always a, a, a utopian and a, and a dystopian uh, perspective. And I think as creators, we, we take that responsibility of being on the cutting edge really seriously. And obviously, we'd like to see a utopian um, uh, uh, view of how this technology emerges. But there is undoubtedly a, a ton of issues that need to be addressed and discussed. And for the benefit of the industry as a whole, I think that there needs to be some leadership and standards set down. Um, you know, it, it, we're really talking about um, perception of what is real. It's it's not impossible to imagine 30 years from now that um, a, a, a artificial or a virtual environment could be as realistic as what we're perceiving today with our eyes. Um, uh, the, there's many other senses that, uh, you know, comprise our overall life experience, obviously, 
Um, but there's um, even here locally, uh, we've seen some great um, uh, leadership from people like Michael Abrash, uh, who's the head researcher at Oculus, talking about a 30-year vision for um, replicating all of the senses and being able to provide an experience that's indistinguishable from how we how we view the world today. I mean, clearly, there's a ton of benefits as well as potential downsides of that. But I think, you know, it's very hard to hold back the pace of technology. And in some ways, I think of it as being able to live almost multiple lifetimes in our short lifespans we had on Earth. And if I'm able to um, visit the, the surface of Mars and climb Everest and, uh, you know, visit the bottom of the ocean, these are things that uh, I would cherish as, as having very visceral experiences um, we just need to make sure that the right safeguards are in place for people and that, um, uh, you know, we're, we're making smart decisions as we go along. But, you know, it's going to be it's going to be many decades before we reach that point. I think um, we're going to see a steady but rapid adoption of these technologies in, in much the same way we saw with the mobile revolution. Before we go, how long were you with Microsoft and how long has eight ninths been around? I was at Microsoft 12 years. Uh, I moved over from the UK uh, back in 96. And um, uh, Eight Nights has been in operation for nine years now. We're, we're excited to celebrate our, our 10th year next year. We got started out uh, doing high-end web and mobile development for large companies. And we decided we wanted to be an industry leader early on in, in this world of VR and AR. And so we started investing in this space about two and a half years ago. And this is unlike any other design for software that exists previously. You know, we're not putting simple boxes on a web page or, or, or forms on an on a, on a application or a mobile app. This is more like theater. It's more like gaming and designing how you interact with objects in the same way you do in the physical world is a very different set of skills. So we're enjoying kind of uh, finding our way through that and figuring out what works and what doesn't. That's Adam Shepard, co-founder and CEO of Eight Nights, a virtual reality firm based in Seattle. Our guest this week on U.S. West Profiles of Experience is the voice of the Washington State University Cougars for 30 years, Bob Robertson. I recently caught up with Bob as he was preparing for the big game in Pasadena. Bob, did you ever think it was going to happen? Well, you know, you, you keep hoping it would. I don't know that you ever sit down and say this is going to be the year. A lot of a lot of the fans have done that over the years. As long as I've known Cougar fans, there have been those early season predictions. This is our year to go to the Rose Bowl. And, up until now, it never happened, so a lot of folks have thought so, and I guess a lot of times I've kind of had the feeling maybe this is the time, and we have come close a few times, but uh, really, uh, once we won those first two games this year against UCLA and USC, then I began to have a pretty good feeling about the whole thing, and if there was ever a time when I thought it might happen very seriously, I think after those first two wins, I was beginning to think so. When they beat the Huskies, 
and they were in the Rose Bowl for sure. What feeling did you have right at that moment? Well, you know, it's, it's funny. You would think that at this point you would uh, kind of break into tears and sob and, uh, and shake and tremble, but I, I didn't do that. I, you know, I, maybe because we had the time with the counting down once they uh, got to a certain point in the game, then, then the feeling was pretty much that uh, this one now belongs to the Cougars unless they somehow managed to let it get away. And yes, Washington made it close. Uh, from the 17-point Cougar lead when they scored twice very quickly, once on the pass interception, you had that, that, that horrible sinking feeling that maybe the momentum has gone the other way and this is going to get away, and then the Cougars came right back and restored the faith again. But, uh, you know, it, it was just a total sheer joy. I mean, uh, nobody knew exactly which direction to go. Uh, one of the assistant coaches came into our booth and uh, ended up with Sorensen's microphone on, his headset microphone, and in the process knocked mine off on the floor. And, you know, it, it was just kind of getting out of control in there at, at the moment. So it was it was one of wild joy, although when you're that high above the ground, you, you have to be careful, of, you know, how much you jump up and down. How are the Cougars going to do against Michigan? Well, I think they've got an excellent chance to win. Now, you know, anytime you're playing the undefeated number one team in the country, a team that is playing for the national championship, you know it's not going to be an easy football game. Uh, you, know, you know you're going in as an underdog, but we've been there before. And I think that the Cougars have an excellent chance to win because Michigan, let's face it, does not play against the wide-open passing offense that Washington State produces every week. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep the faith. I'm going to go with the Cougars. I think we've got a chance to win it. Your voice is synonymous with Cougar football. Are you going to be doing this for many more years to come? I hope you are. Well, I sure hope so. You know, I keep saying they're going to have to cut the uniform off me and throw me away to get rid of me. And, uh, so my plans are to be there as long as they'll have me. And I, you know, you never know how long they want to do that, but uh, as long as they'll have me around, I, I have plans to be there. There are no former Cougars. My, my attitude is that we, I run into, you know, ex-Ducks and ex-Trojans and ex-Sun Devils. I never run into ex-Cougars. There are no such things as ex-Cougars. Once a Cougar, always a Cougar. You're that for life. And I think we're finding that with a number of people that now suddenly surface and point out that, hey, I am a Cougar. I want to go to the Rose Bowl, and I wish we could get them all in. Bob Robertson, thank you so much for spending time this morning with us on U.S. West Profiles of Experience. Why some say the moon? Why choose this as our goal? And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Why, 35 years ago, fly the Atlantic? Why does Rice play Texas? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills, because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone, and one we intend to win. Now, that was President John F. Kennedy in 1962 when he was really trying to get America behind going to the moon. And uh, not everybody was enamored with doing that, like the discussions we have today about going to Mars, a lot of people say, well, is it worth the money? We should actually spend the money on infrastructure here on Earth and, and those sorts of arguments. And they're very valid. But again, it was the same type of discussion that people were having in the 1960s about putting all this money about going to the moon. 
So President Kennedy was trying to rally the troops, basically. And he says at the end of this clip, we intend to win. Now, I want to get back to that in just a moment. The reason I bring this up is that there's a movie out now at the theaters, and it's called First Man. The movie First Man is about the U.S. space program that began in the 1950s and reached its peak in July of 1969 when Neil Armstrong touched down on the moon and became the first man to do that. Now, as a teenager, I wasn't really enamored with it as much as I think I should have been. And this movie really brought it back what an incredible undertaking this was, the precision it took place to accomplish this incredible feat, the families, what they went through, all of the Apollo families, and trying to really harness the energies and keep the families together. And a lot of the astronauts died along the way, and Neil Armstrong knew many of them. As a matter of fact, he almost perished several times in his time as an astronaut and before. And the other thing is how primitive the shell of the capsule looked. I mean, rivets were kind of just holding it together. It was shaking in space. I mean, it was not a smooth ride, let's put it that way. And now back to what President Kennedy said when he said, and one we intend to win. Now, I think if you look back at that, we all look the incredible technological achievements that were made by going to the moon in the space program, and the fact that we are benefiting from those investments now with the technology gains that were made during that time. But maybe what was lost in this is that certainly there was major part of that to reach out to the heavens, but really the main thrust of going to the moon was to simply beat the Soviet Union. They were ahead of us in the space program, and so President Kennedy challenged us to do a great leap and get to the moon first. This was in the height of the Cold War. The advancements that we've made in this century, like the iPhone, Facebook, Google, all of these things, pretty amazing. Robotics, of course. You just can't sometimes really harness what's been done. But what I submit is that all of these discoveries and advancements will not be remembered 500 years from now, but landing on the moon like Christopher Columbus crossing the Atlantic 500 years ago will be remembered. Bottom line, just go see the movie First Man. I think you will find it in these times of great difficulty and conflict, very inspirational. listening to Voices of Experience with Paul Casey. Visit VoicesOfExperience.com and take a five-minute self-employment quiz. That's VoicesOfExperience.com. The higher you score on the quiz, the higher your prospects for success. One more time, visit VoicesOfExperience.com. All one word. So I'm a real fan of Bill Maher. He has a show that airs on Friday nights on HBO called Real Time with Bill Maher. There's a segment called New Rules. I have played a lot of clips from New Rules over the last couple of months, and today is no exception. On the show on Friday night, he calls out Donald Trump once again, which he does so eloquently. And this time he's talking about, which he has talked about quite a bit, a slow-moving coup in the Trump administration, whether it's administration or it's just Donald Trump, that the fear that we really should be concerned about, whether this man would even abdicate power if he loses the election in 2020. Bill Maher. 
And finally, new rule, the next time you hear someone say, you may be cursed to live in interesting times, punch them in the face. <laughs> because after two years of Trump chaos, that line isn't cute anymore. In fact, you have my blessing as your political rabbi to take the rest of the year off from following politics. But, but not till next week, because we have one more show. <laughs> now, all year long, and going back to before the election, I have been calling the Trump phenomenon a slow-moving coup. Well, this week, it started moving a little faster. Matthew Whitaker, this is what I'm talking about. In third world dictatorships, the chief law enforcement officer's main qualification is he doesn't enforce the law. Officials of independent mind are hounded out or shoved aside. This isn't a cabinet anymore. It's the queen's corgis. <laughs> Whitaker wants to shut down the Russian investigation despite the fact that in March, against the advice of everyone, Trump called Putin to congratulate him on winning his election, and also our election. <laughs> he, then, he then met Putin in July, and that meeting, secret. His deal with Kim Jong-un, secret. His taxes, secret. What is happening to America? We know less about our government than what goes into jerky. <laughs> in, in mid-2017, I first read you my dictator checklist. But since this week is the week we now have added install your personal protector as head of the Justice Department, after adding in September install your personal protector on the highest court, let's review the dictator list one more time. You're a narcissist who likes to see his name and face on buildings. You appoint family members to positions of power. You hold rallies even when you're not running and they are scary. You talk about jailing the press and political opponents. You want to hold military parades and muse openly about being president for life. You use your office for personal financial gain. You love other dictators. You lie so freely your supporters don't know what the truth is anymore and don't care. For a coup to work, it is first necessary for truth itself to be destroyed, as well as the people who try to report it. So the dictator is free to say anything and his followers believe it. Adding to that dictator checklist, we now have state TV in this country, an actual propaganda channel where the reporters openly endorse the leader, and we have people who oversee the elections they are running in. In August of this year, Trump's semi-liquid mob mouthpiece, <laughs> Gooey Giuliani, said, truth isn't truth. Ah, this has been deep thoughts with Nosferatu. <laughs> truth isn't truth. So truth isn't truth. The press is the enemy of the people. There are alternative facts. There's no proof of anything. What you see and hear isn't what's happening. And you know, at some point people go, you know what, fine, F Truth isn't truth, facts aren't facts. What I see isn't happening, nothing is real, and nothing to get hung about. Strawberry fields forever. <laughs> Please pass the joint or some crack because I can still reason and it hurts. That's Bill Maher with new rules 
and it aired on his segment, HBO's Real Time with Bill Maher. And now one other observation before I go on this subject. It's interesting at the end of Bill Maher's segment for this uh, past Friday night, he refers to strawberry fields and uh, nothing to get hung about. If you listened to my show last week, I was talking about this very song, Strawberry Fields Forever, and the lyrics particularly in that song, and nothing to get hung about. If you want to hear the uh, show from last week, all you need to do is go to KKNW, then click on to Archives. Then when you do that, click on to Voices of Experience, and then you can take a listen to the show from last week, coincidentally, which I called out, and nothing to get hung about from Strawberry Fields. That's all the time we have for this edition to Voices of Experience. I would like to thank Adam Shepard, Bob Robertson, from an interview I had with him over 20 years ago, and of course, Bill Maher for sharing his wisdom and experience with us today. Next week's theme of the show, I am going to explore some of the deepest divisions within our state. As you know, I've spent some time on the national front talking about the blue and the red states and uh, some of the major issues we have in our country right now. But I think it's time I really focus in on the state of Washington. Perhaps at some point in the future, Republicans and Democrats will be able to be civil once again and reach across the aisle. But I'm afraid there is one gigantic divide in this state that will never be closed. And I'm going to take the plunge into that and try to talk about it next week because people avoid it every year until about this time. What am I talking about? It's the apple cup. Crimson versus purple. Lattes versus beer. Residential campus versus an urban setting. Cougars versus Huskies. Now, I'm not going to pretend that I'm unbiased because I'm not. This is not fake news. It's real news, and I am biased. And I'm a rabid cougar through and through. And I can speak for cougars everywhere when I say I hope we can break the losing streak this year to the Huskies and do it so in the Palouse. So next week, I will have a cougar on the air and uh, have him or her give me three reasons why she thinks or he thinks the cougars will prevail. And in the interest of being somewhat fair, I will ask a Husky to do the same. And we'll talk about it and to kind of revisit some of the historical aspects of the series and why people think it is so important. Also, if you would like to weigh in on who you think will win the game, I'm going to give a number out right now. It's 425-653-1166. I will give that out again, but you can call that number give what you think the score will be, who's going to win, and and to why you think that team will win. Cougars or Huskies. And uh, please keep it to 15, 20 seconds so I can get a number on the air if I get a really good response to this. That phone number is 425-653-1166. So if you want to listen to any show for the last couple of years, you can just Google KKNW and then click on to Archives. And after that, you go to the bottom of the page and you'll see Voices of Experience. 
You can hear uh, past interviews with Robert Siegel, Chicken Soup for the Soul author and entrepreneur, Mark Victor Hansen, plus many, many more. Again, my name is Paul Casey, your host and producer of Voices of Experience. You can uh, call, again, that phone number for the Husky Cougar Hotline, 425-653-1166. Have a great rest of the week. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. And right now you can save when you shop your faves. Just buy six or more participating sale items and save 50 cents each with your card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.